NFR Extra is a weekly podcast that focuses on the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo and features icons that embody the rodeo and Western lifestyle. And now here are your hosts, Nevada Caldwell and Rockin' Robbie Hodges. Robbie, hey, buddy. man, hey, where where are you at right now? I am actually holed up, you know, with everything going on. I'm holed up at Lake Martin down here in, in near Alexander City, Alabama. A good friend of mine, a lot of people know him, uh, Jerry Todd, rodeo announcer from the southeast. He's got a, they've got a beautiful lake house here, and uh, we're doing our social distancing on a lake right here. And uh, hey, what? It, it's uh, if I got to be somewhere, this is great. I'm getting a little me time. And uh, I hope everybody is, you know. That's it's a uh, it could be way worse. Yeah, no, no, no. lie. No doubt about it. Where are you at, Brylin? I know you're here. I am currently at home. I guess you would call it the Bentley Ranch, chilling in our office. Nice. Well, obviously. What about you? Where are you? I'm at home here in Vegas. You know, uh, with everything else, just like y'all. We're making what we can and doing what we can and keeping our heads up. Yeah, it's different times, but hey, you know what? Cool thing about technology, we get to keep this podcast rolling. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what's your What's you know what's your routine right now? I mean, Nevada. I mean, what what do you do during the day now? That you, I mean, family uh, time, obviously. I mean, how's so, that going? So it's kind of weird. You know, I'm not. I'm ADHD, so I'm a little bit all over the place a lot of times. But right now, I, I've built a little pattern. I get up in the morning, coffee. I've literally been doing yoga uh, every morning. It helps. It keeps kind of the mindset. I normally don't do yoga, so this is the more interesting part for me. Uh, and then, you know, dive into work, uh, go for a walk with the family, take the dog out. Uh, just keep, you know, just keep flowing like everybody else, man, and trying to absolutely avoid human contact and just do my part. Yeah. Being like it was back in the day. Yeah. Where we actually right? found our family. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think, what about you, B? What's your daily? Oh, my day has been pretty easy. Just answer emails, walk down the hallway to the office, we call it, getting back into a workout routine and loving life. Nice. Hey, I know everybody didn't tune in to, to hear about us, right? But, um, but no, they, you know, it's always good to hear about us, right? You know, you never know. Maybe maybe somebody else has done the same thing. Yeah, that's true. With your family. And, yeah. And we got some great guests, don't we? Yes, we do, Robbie. Cool stuff for you guys. Who, we got a young man from Louisiana that's on this episode. A good friend of yours, right, Rob? I mean, you guys yeah, down there in the yeah. southeast world or whatever you call it, SEC land. Is that right? Yeah, that's what we, that's our, that's our one foe of each other. We don't always agree on each other's football team, but we're still buddies. Yeah. World champion tie down roper Shane Hanchy man is on the show and we dive in all kinds of things with Shane, right? Yes, we did. You know, we divvied into horse training to, uh, you know, his traveling, to injury, just everything. What, hey, what's the business that he does? He sell, what does he sell right now? He's got this, this side business. Yeah. Crawfish. <laughs> yeah, he sell, it's not boiled crawfish, it's boiled. Yeah, boiled, boiled. Boiled. crawfish. It's his hustle job. He's a good guy. Yeah, talk about yeah. the Cowboy Journal. Man, there's all kinds of things we dive in with him. And man, he's a sports that fan. Mm. Yeah, he's an octopus. He's got hands everywhere and stuff, you know. And uh, I just, uh, I enjoyed talking to him. And I think he'll enjoy that episode. Yeah, no doubt. The different stuff about him. And, uh, you know, obviously, Brian, we thank you for hooking this one up. This was uh, Anthony Lucia. Man, boy, that guy can talk. Anthony is one of my favorite people to work with, that's for sure. He's done a great job on Ride TV, and I'm imagining he mentioned quite a bit of it. But Oh, yeah. 
this i mean so in the conversation with anthony it's just we go into all kinds of uh his trick roping to his dad to his brother his whole family right that's involved rodeo and and man i mean it's just he can talk obviously that's what he gets paid to do Ooh. yep had plenty to say um and this, you know, everything went back to his dad too. I thought that was such a because his dad was, he was he was a he was such a showman. You know, I mean, he was a gentleman showman. I guess is how you would say it. He's like a Ringling Brothers type of. That's a good point. You know, the last great showman, and um, well, I don't know how else to describe it. But if you yeah, his dad. you're right, Robbie. But if you and also to add to that, I mean, if you think about where and what Anthony's doing today, uh, Tommy Joe, the family, what his dad did, it's all part about making the rodeo. You know. Uh, just that other additive to the rodeo besides what happens on the dirt, even though those guys are on the dirt, but it's just, it, it adds yeah. everything that is the, the the part of that. And, you know, well, for instance, because he was in the, the business and his dad was, has access to all these rodeo people. Remember when he said uh, to start, he started team ro- or just want to start team roping. Cause he had, he had, I was like, I yeah. can, I can use the rope. He had access to, you know, nothing but world champions around him because his dad knew all these people. So, you know, people don't absolutely. People don't get that, man. I mean, like when you're around rodeo, and if your dad is attached to that many folks that are you know, high end in rodeo, you get access to some pretty good stuff if you want to get better at something, and specifically team yeah, roping. Absolutely, yeah, we do. Have to hear a lot about that. Well, hey, we know you're probably at home or riding in your truck somewhere in somewhere in your your community or in the country somewhere, and hopefully staying away from people until we can figure this thing out. But until then, enjoy this episode, and we're gonna keep them coming. We're going to keep them coming. Yeah, we're your daily dose of uh, serility out here in the world. Yes, we are. Enjoy. Hi, I'm eight-time world champion bull rider Donnie Gay, and you're listening to NFR Extra. All right, Robbie. Uh, man, we just got to keep this thing rolling. You know, we're, we're, we're trying to create our own curve here and, you know, Flatten that thing out, man, oh, yeah. you know, with the conversation and ease people's fears. Um, not saying that the rodeo fans, that's where they're at right now. I just think that they're missing rodeo. And hopefully, you know, with the people that we bring on here, it just it provides a little comfort, man. They, they get to listen to the folks that they see either on TV or in person. And then yeah. this, this individual is no different, right? Uh, we're sitting here with... What a cool guy we get to hang yeah. out with this time. Very cool guy. This is my buddy. <laughs> sitting in my trailer hanging out drinking beer. Uh, world champion, tie down roper, Shane Hansy, man. Welcome to the, welcome to the NFR podcast, Shane. Man, thank y'all. It's been a long wait. I've been listening to y'all for a while now, and finally, finally <laughs> got the invite to join the show, man. I'm, I'm so privileged. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, man, we're glad to have you. Yeah, well, hey, I, you're you're no uh, you're no second to nothing, man. I mean, you, I remember seeing you in those awards. You know, you pulled in your own journalism award, and I. Everything you got going on there, I know we're going to dive in and talk about it. But you know, how are you? How is everything going for you right now? What? How? How are you doing with with, with the news that's been handed to all of us, and specifically the rodeo Man, business? It, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's kind of day by day right now. We really, we really don't know what we're going to get to go to, what we don't get to go to. So, um, we're just literally taking it day by day. And, and I mean, you know, the health and safety of everybody is at the forefront, you know, no matter what rodeo or no rodeo baseball or no baseball type deal. And at the end of the day, you know, we, we're trying to contain this thing. And, and if we do our parts and we'll be back at it, uh, you know, with, with short time coming, but luckily I, I have a, a side business. I sell boiled crawfish on the side. It's oh. a little bowling go trailer. And, um, 
it's easy for them to come and get boiled crawfish, boiled shrimp, and, and, and grab it to go. And so that's what I'm going to be focusing on the next four to six weeks is, is, is slinging some crawfish, Robbie. Nice. <laughs> Bring me a big old bag. I mean, I want a blue bag, 50-pounder. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, man, that's the you, Louisiana Where style. Where are you holed up right now? Where are you? Well, I'm in, yeah, I'm in Texas. I'm in Carmine. Uh, me and my fiance live over here. We're right in between Houston and Austin. Um, and in between Brenham, Brenham and Giddings. So we're right on 290 and it's a great location oh, yeah. for, for our food trailer. Um, bunch of, bunch of traffic, you know, what, you know, on 290. Right. You know what Giddings is, don't you? What's that? I, I learned this. I've done that Giddings rodeo a lot. And this is an interesting factoid about Giddings. The Giddings McDonald's, you know, they're right there on, on 290 oh, yeah. is the halfway point between divorced parents from Houston to Austin. You want to see some good fights? Go there on Sunday <laughs> afternoon when it's time to bring the kids back. Because I have oh, yeah. some funny stuff going down right there. <laughs> I, well, I believe you. That's well, halfway. So if you're bored during all this, go to the McDonald's right there in the in the Bucky's, and you'll see uh, some really good fights right there. <laughs> Be good watching. Hey, let's yeah, uh, you know, and we like a good fight. Let's talk about Shane's uh, success. Uh, I mean, look, because we've been talking about a lot of, you know, 2019 for a lot of individuals come on the show, and some had good, some had bad, bad, but, man, Shane, you you had a pretty good year. Uh, You know, world standing, I mean, look, world standing second place, right? Uh, NFR standings were seventh. You know, your NFR earnings, this is the the one that that really sticks out, right? $142,635, man, that's a, Pretty good run for ten days. Right. How are you feeling uh, since that nineteen? And I know you came up short, man, and a lot of people did as there were conversations. But how are you feeling about that nineteen? Because that, that NFR was awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's two different things for me. Um, after the tenth go round, if you'd have told me that I, you know it was going to be seven one and, and split the round, I'd have said like my chances to win a gold buckle um, to come up eleven hundred eighty dollars short. Um, for for a second gold buckle, man, it really it really did put the sting on me. Um, just because these things, you know, I was fortunate enough to get one in 2013, and and I was so close in 19 that they're so hard to come by. And, you know, the saying "one is never enough" is so true, man, and it it did sting for a while, um, for a good while. And then then I, you know, kind of. Uh, let it go. Understand. Understood that uh, everything happens for a reason. You know, it, it wasn't meant to be type deal. And look at my my NFR and, and go back to each round. And uh, there's a few nights that, that I did drop the ball. Probably could have won a buckle, but but I tied six calves faster than seven nine. You know, um, I won three go rounds. I won 142,000, and I didn't win nothing hardly in the average. I might have won a six or seven place check. And, so I did pretty much everything from battling back. You know, I was I was at the top of the top. I won the first round. I've won the first round three times before, so I know the feeling. And then the very next night, I missed both missed my cap on both loops. So immediately went out of the average, immediately went out of the world title race, this, that, and the other. And told myself that I, I had to battle back, and, and that's what I did um, was the next eight nights. I won good money, you know, the majority of the nights. And that, that was what was cool for me was, um, being out of it in the second go round and, and battling back and uh, winning a lot of money, so that's uh, that was that was pretty cool. So 
and you, you yeah no that's well and man i mean watching that whole that whole 10 days the competition was fierce man i mean like it ended with a rookie winning right like that you know haven medjin we've had him on the show smart kid man i mean you you, yeah. you got competition for years shane that's for sure but um man i mean when you look at kind of the way that thing ended it, not not saying that in the rodeo business nobody gives their all everybody gives their all what's interesting is when you give your all how much more do you have above your all to give? And that's what it like, man, you guys all gave way more than your all that entire 10 days, man. It was fun to watch. I I mean, I'm, you know, it sucks. It didn't work out for you that way. Tie down roping right there. You know, that was what's cool about it. It was like, it was like the old schools with the Fred and the Cody's and the, you know, I mean, it was, was, I think that's the best NFR I've ever watched, to be honest with you. And every event, I think last year was as good an NFR. Shane probably doesn't think so right now. <laughs> yeah. He's eleven hundred dollars from thinking that, but yeah, I, you know, I agree. I just, yeah, I know it, it was good. Well, think about this too, Shane. But, okay, so you were ten years. You've been ten years, right? And not saying that this. Yeah. Let's go for your eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth. Keep them going, but let's remove your title run in thirteen. What was probably your mm-hmm. most favorite NFR? You know, with like the one that you can remember. Not about winning, but just. Just felt it all the way through. You know, you just you just left good, even though you didn't win the thing. I mean, is there one that sticks yeah, out in your head? I mean, yeah, it's hard to say not the first one, right? I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, you, you you dream about going there, and you dream about and and you know, I know you said title title aside, but but the last night, you know, uh, that was I feel like that was so long ago. That was in 2010. Um, I was in my room at the MGM and they called me the, my room, my room, my hotel room phone rang and I'm like, who's that? Hell. And so I answer it and <laughs> somebody with the, with the PRCA and they say, Hey, if you was, you know, tonight's the 10th round, um, you know, if, if, if this was to happen and you was to win a gold buckle, you need to meet, you know, so-and-so at the end of the rodeo to escort you to the car, red carpet. This is when they did the red carpet deal and they had nope. the morale yeah, and that. all that. Yeah, and uh, I'm like, I hang the phone up, and I'm like, "Holy smokes, I got a chance to win this thing," you know. But I, I was 19 <laughs> years old, you know. I was Haven. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I was a little younger in Haven, and and you know, it's just pretty cool. That was one of my coolest moments. And honestly, I say it year after year, and I tell the young kids this that that are going to their first one. There's none of a grand entry better in the world. There's not no no brighter lights brighter in the world than this. Then in the Thomas and Mac, you know, each night um, when you go in for that grand entry, carrying your flag, carrying your state flag, man. For me, Robbie, you know, me carrying the Louisiana yeah. flag, I'm all about Louisiana and what it stands for. And um, to be able to carry that thing year after year, it's, uh, it's pretty cool, man. That, 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 that'll burn a, a bright fire in me for as long as I can, uh, as I can compete at it. Shane, there's no I, – I, I love to watch you win. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things. You're one of my favorite people. He's a smooth I operator, man. I never see you. I know, and I never see you where we're not having fun, slapping five. Of course, we can't right now with this virus thing. But, you know, it's it, you are always a bright spot. I've never seen Shane where we weren't, hey, man, what's going on? Hey, what are you doing? Crazy. You know, and it just makes my day when my buddies are at these rodeos and stuff. I can't wait to get back going. What? I swear. Hey, I want to bring up something about I Shane. And, miss y'all. Yeah, what about Shane's love for Louisiana? And I know this, Shane, I follow you on Twitter uh, personally as well as obviously with NFR, and you share your love for sports, definitely Louisiana sports. Uh, bring this up, man, because I thought it was pretty funny. 
it's just me being a sports guy, yeah. more the city dude, but you, <laughs> this is right after Louisiana had won the national championship and you were chiming in on something. I don't know. One of the posts and <laughs> one of the dudes called you, <laughs> uh, man, I can't remember what he was. It was, he called you a goat roper or something like that. And it was like all the rodeo yeah, fans. World champion goat roper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, he called, yeah, he called me, he called me a goat roper. And I said, uh, and I said, make sure you put world champion in front of that. If you're going to call me that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and come to find out, uh, it was, I guess he used to play for Texas tech and I, I never, I never said anything bad about, you know, Patrick Mahomes or anybody like that. I just he said something about a bowl game that Texas Tech when they played LSU was in and 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 they and it was Mahomes playing LSU and um, he just said, you know, people don't remember when, when, when Patrick Mahomes was leading Texas Tech back against LSU and I'm like, We blew him out like and I never like dude, it was just like I was like, are you sure? And then he'd come at me, and I was like, man. And then I had people calling me, hey, that dude used to be a walk-on at Texas Tech, this and that. And I'm like, sorry. I just I just feel like I was in the right. Like, if yeah. I, I really try not to say stuff on Twitter unless I'm, like, factually no, correct, no, no, no. especially about sports. And, and this dude was coming at me, and I was like, okay. So, no, that was fun. It's all fun. I, I don't really know. I know. No, but it's fun when, like, I like it from being, like, the city folk, you know, the outside rodeo fan guy. Like, when I see you get right, pulled into right. a sport conversation, like, oh, yes, beautiful. Uh, yeah, you know, and that's, I, mean, yeah. I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm such a diehard LSU fan. You know, I went, so this year I went to uh, I went to the LSU-Alabama game at Alabama, and then I went to the national championship game. And, man, right. I mean, aside from having a great NFL and aside from, if I'd have won the gold buckle, this would have been the greatest year of my life by far with LSU going undefeated 15-0, but it was still pretty cool, man. So oh. I, I've been at Bryant-Denny before in Tuscaloosa. Robbie, you would know. And, mm-hmm. and, and leaving yeah. there when we get beat, it's the worst place in the world to leave there when you get beat. But, man, I've been there this year, and we you beat win. them. And it was oh, the yeah. best place in the world when I left. But, honestly, I was kind of bummed out when we were leaving the stadium there were so many Alabama fans going, man, I hope y'all win it all. I hope Joe Burrow wins the Heisman, this and that. And I'm like, kind of bummed out. I was I was wanting them to kind of – I know, I was ready to fight. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I was pumped up. Like, the dude behind me, he was, he was all game just ridiculing me. And then I kept telling him, look at the scoreboard, look at the scoreboard. And I looked back during the third quarter, and he was gone. I was like, man, I can't talk to this guy anymore. <laughs> I know. You know, I'm just an SEC guy. I just love it. And – to our friends in the Big 12 and all those, yeah, we're going to show y'all. And it was always, you know, I saw them on the stage. Yeah, we, we, showed, we showed them that in the Oklahoma LSU <laughs> playoff game. Yeah. That wasn't fun. Well, hey, let's talk about something else here, man. Uh, how did where did you how did Cowboy Journal how did all this come together, man? I because I, I love it. How did this give us man, your, your, right. your pitch? Yeah, I mean, it ties into sports so much. I mean. I'm, I'm such a sports fan. I, I, I was reading the Players Tribune so much that that Derek Jeter started, and and uh, you know the way it was formatted, you know, um, in their athletes' own words, and and it made you just feel so much closer to the athlete, you know. Like when you hear Derek Jeter talking a story, when you hear Richard Sherman talking about how he how he hates Thursday night football because Thursday night football because of the wear and tear on their body that it does. 
And when you read that coming from Richard Sherman, you're like, man, oh yeah, I really don't like I really don't like Richard Sherman, but he seems to be like he's got his head on straight. So I got to brainstorming one night after the 2016 NFR, and I thought that'd be cool if we could if we could you know put some articles on the Players Tribune. And I was like, you know what? Let's just start our own website. And so I got it rolling, and we launched December 17. And, um, was mm. lucky enough to win the award last year for PRCA Journalism of the Year. And that was yeah, a, a yeah. total shock, you know. So it, it was pretty cool the way everything got going, and um, I've had I've had nothing but great compliments on it, you know. So it's been been pretty cool. So how did Does like that how help too much with like sponsorships and stuff like that? Oh. I mean, is that doing that kind of stuff? Is that is that well not you know not for me because I from day one I said look guys. I, if I want to try to get on board with Cowboy Journal, I don't want to try to get on board with Shane Hanchy. You know, just like my, my ball crawfish stuff. People don't know it's mine because I want people to come eat because the food's good, not because it's mine. And I want people to come to the website, yeah, because because of, of the quality of the of the articles, not because it's me and because of my myself. So I've always tried to keep that separate, you know, as far as sponsorships. But we've had some great sponsors. We 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 kicked it down. Uh, we we shut it off. I, I, we, we just, we, <clears throat> long story short, we were just going to the same sponsors, getting the same money from them, just like the whole rodeo world in, you know, it's such a little bubble. And, yeah. You know, we just couldn't, we just couldn't get any big time partners to, to go along with this. So I, I shut, shut it down in January of this year. Um, the Cowboy Journal just, it was something we had to do. So I, I'm, I'm holding on to the name, holding on to the likeness, holding on to the social media in case something comes up. Um, to get it back going, but as of right now, we're on we're on a coronavirus break with the Cowboy Journal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, everybody. No, but it's a hey, man. It's yeah. a brilliant idea, and 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 you're I personally, I think you're on the right path, and I get it, man. It's tough, you know, uh, paying the bills and how do you kind of keep things floating? For and sure, man. That sponsorship's a whole other job itself. Um, yes, without a doubt. And, and honestly, like when I, when I started the Cowboy Journal, I did not even want. Yeah to think about making money and then obviously it kind of hit me pretty quick like hey well i gotta generate some revenue to keep my writers going to keep my social media person to keep my you know what i mean so one thing led to another and i was like i gotta start making some money with this somehow and that's when the marketing they'll come in and like you said the marketing does tough oh yeah. i live it. in our industry it's such a closed you know it's such a closed demographic exactly. so Exactly. You know, Such a, it, it, it seems like the only, yeah. ain't going to jump in there, you know? No, for, uh, yeah. sure. for sure. That makes sense. Hey, Shane, so besides, you know, obviously with the crawfish, everything going on there, keeping you busy, but you seem like a tactician, man. So what are you doing to, you know, keep that blade sharp uh, with your craft, with uh, roping? So what are, what are you doing? Every day, roping every day. Um, working. Are out. you really? Yeah, roping and working out. And I, I've got, you know, we're headed to a jackpot right now. Yep, don't know tell nobody, I guess. It's not going to be no more than 50 people. But it's not in Seguin. Yeah, yeah, there you go. In Seguin, <laughs> Texas. Man, I've just, we've been roping every day. I, honestly, just like I told you earlier, it's kind of a day-by-day thing. We kind of yeah. thought we were going to go down to Mercedes, this and that, and then they canceled it. And then so I've got more calves right now sitting in my house than I have probably since before the finals. And I've got a, a slew of horses around there, and I've, Literally, I'm I'm roping every day. Every day it's dry with stuff and wood. It's been good. Um, I'm roping. I'm practicing, trying to get better because um, I know somebody else is out there doing the same thing. Yeah, doing the same. You bet. Oh how, yeah. 
how's Jason doing? Do you do you get to see your brother any since you've been down, or is he home, or it's, where's he been? Yeah, down, no, he's yeah he's down in Florida. Um, yeah, I haven't he's I haven't seen him. Yeah, yeah, they got a lot of mama cows and that that ranch down there. You know, four thousand acres and stuff. So he he stays pretty busy. Mm. I bet he does. What a cowboy! Such a cool guy. The so, you know, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I was introduced to you being my friend through him, you know, and yep. being down mm-hmm. there in South Florida. Now, I'll tell you right now, Nevada, he knows swamp bramers. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Shane, that blew my mind when I learned about those folks. Uh, whoa. Oh, I was crazy. <laughs> about swamp bramers. Yeah, he knows about them. And let me tell you something. It's rope or die down there right now. <laughs> Yes, sir. You could set up your own rodeo, man. You could be roping alligators, riding them. I mean, like, oh, you could do a whole sure. different new rodeo down there. It is. That was our first episode talking about with uh, Clayton Sellers down there and riding the swamp <laughs> brimers. Nevada, oh, like, yeah. what is a swamp brimer? And it didn't take you long to figure out that. Oh, thing. man. Alligators nipping at their hooves, man. I'm like, what the heck? No, man. That's crazy. <laughs> do you remember. You'll, you'll appreciate this thing. Do you remember when we used to go to Okeechobee? You were very young then, but they, Nevada, they used to have slick head roping. Do you remember when they used to have yep, slick yep, head roping? Yep. Mm. Oh, what yeah. was that? Well, how does that work? Uh, mama cows. Hmm. It's, uh, you're roping mama cows, and these mean Newly mama roping, cows, yeah. and, and they're muleys, and they call it slick head or muley roping, and if you didn't catch, your header died. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you, they were... They wasn't no dragging them. You were you were that slack in that header rope, wasn't it? They were coming. Yeah, them, for sure. Well, how for much sure. does something like that weigh? Like it's that's got to be. Hmm? Oh, 400, 600. Jesus, they man. Weight, probably weren't they? I mean, mm-hmm. they yeah, at, at least weight. maybe more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And let me tell you, they bellered and they were hot. You know the the guy that I felt the most sorry for, and that's not the header. It's the guy pushing them cows up. When it got yep. time, you know, when I had to pull them through that alley. Oh, and the guy, uh, you know, pushing them out. Well, you didn't push them out. There, you just hope they win. Because <laughs> nobody yeah. wants to get in the box with them. Well, but I, I always think, yeah, the, I think when I, and I look at Shane, man. I mean, Shane, what, you weighed, what, 165, 50, something like that, right? Maybe. 150, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're built like a boxer, man, right? Like a, a good middleweight boxer yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But, man, what you guys do. And this is still fascinating. I mean, no matter what, there's so much about the roadie that fascinates me. But I think when we talk about something happens under four seconds, well, it's not just something. It's you ride, you rope, you jump off, flip, tie, done. Yeah. In four under four seconds, like I, I less than less than eight seconds worth of a bareback ride. Yeah. Done, yeah. You know? Yeah. And on the average, so, man, I mean, um, this is more than a human being you're flipping. I mean, man, that's ah, you guys. You guys don't get enough love on the athletic side of what you guys do at all it's the most intricate event in rodeo i think because you, you can't just be an athlete and do it you know you you can get by like that on bulldogging and and, and other stuff but you got to learn how to ride a horse before you can really win and then riding a horse and then and then doing all the the athlete type stuff after it's it's a, it's very very intricate man we take pride in being as good as we are and, uh, you know, nowadays it's changed, you know, there's a lot of training going on athletically, you know, I, I do a lot of, um, ladder drills and, and, nice. and plyometrics and everything now, you know, it used to just be go rope and have you a couple of beers and go back and eat yeah. a steak and then do it again the next day. It's not quite like that anymore. It's 
I guess yeah, with everything yeah, evolving, believer, you know. Yeah, there's still some people that do that. Hey man, Shane, they have them in sports too, right? I mean, I mean, you know, like in the, the ball sports or the field sports. Exactly. Dude shows up, you know, he was drinking all night, night before till ten in the morning. Uh, he can shit, go on, throw. Yeah, man, seriously, uh, go out and hit three home runs. Uh, you know, get right. on base. Seriously, I just those people drive me crazy, man. I'm like, dude, you know, those are know. the. Imagine if you actually put that craft that. to, to product, you know, something productive, man. You'd be even better than what you are now. Yeah. That's the crazy part. I used to say John Crump would do that. Yeah. First base with the Phillies. He would the oh, yeah. would over there, sit around and drinking beer and then sleep on the yeah. on the uh, workout table and they'd be at the they'd be at the ballpark the next morning. So Robbie, we had Crook was here in Vegas. He was with the Padres when for the what? um back in the day when when for our uh, minor league team. My hero. Yeah, he used to go watch him in Cashman, man. And so try to imagine John Crook playing baseball in Las Vegas. <laughs> Um, oh boy! Yeah, he enjoyed it. That was back in the eighties. He, 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 he ate it up. Um, so what? Okay, all right. So I know we're on hiatus. We're waiting. Where do things look for you going forward here, Shane? I mean, like, where? How do you feel about what's coming around the corner? What do you got to do to get back in December? You know, for for the NFR. What's in your mind right now? Yeah, you know, um, I didn't have the winner I wanted. You know, kind of had some horse troubles and didn't really have the winner sure. I wanted. Luckily. Still got about sixteen thousand one, so it could be way worse type of a deal, you know. Uh, but oh, yeah. by standards, it was very, very subpar for a winner. Um, and now, you know, not being able to go to Houston, not being able to go to Austin, um, that put a big damper on my my uh, rejuvenation of my winner, you know. So I'm gonna go, and uh, when, when when they do give us the go ahead, I'm. I'm our rodeo count is 100. I don't think we can get to them now with all these rodeos canceling and no telling when they're going to start back up. So um, right. it's going to be all systems go. I'm going to have two or three horses out there and a couple rigs. And, um, somebody's got to get within within range of, of Shad Mayfield. You know, um, yeah. I, I don't know if it's possible, but I'm going to damn sure give it a go. That's for sure. Yeah, that guy's on fire. Yeah, that kid. Phenomenal. I know. So, where were you? What was the last place? Did you get to go to Houston at all? I mean, were you in the? No, nope, no. Nope. I was in the very next group that was supposed to go, and got we got it. we got hurt. we got Man. the news the day before, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, I, I didn't get to go to Houston. Obviously, Austin stuff like that. But um, yeah, so I've just kind of been been hanging around since the American, waiting to go. You know. I guess that was the last place I saw you was Kansas City at the WCR. You know, we were talking about yeah, that. Uh, you know. We had no idea, did we? We were all sitting there. Hey, look oh, at this isn't that crazy? Whammy. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of scary, isn't it? Very surreal, man. It, it, it is. I know. Um, who are you going to go with this year? I mean, once we all – and we were talking about this, and we talked about it. Let me tell you, if there's a rodeo that's open anywhere, I might even enter. I am so ready yeah. to rodeo right now and see my buddy. I've never been yeah. so ready to go to a rodeo. And um, who who are you going to go with this year? I mean, what what? Are you well, I don't know. With? I don't know yet. Yeah, I try to. Um, I gotta, uh, we'll just kind of have to see, like I said, when we'll be able to get back. You know, and I go to Canada up there. I go up there a lot, you know, and I've, I've had great, great luck up there. So. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to implement that into my schedule, but they've got the border shut down right now for only only Can- Canadian citizens. So, well, you know that's another thing we're gonna have to kind of wait and see. But I'm definitely gonna yeah. go there to Canada and come back back and forth quite a bit because there's so many good rodeos up there. 
Uh, yeah, but you, hey, Shane, what you're a four, I mean, uh, I'm looking at here, four time Canadian champ. I mean, you 12, 15, 18, 19. So yeah, I'd highly suggest you go up there. Yeah, I've been, I've been to the CFR five times and I've been fortunate to win it four, four out of five years. So, uh, yeah, I really do like it up there, man. There's a lot of good rodeos and there's a lot of good rodeo, uh, rodeo guys and Cavs are always good, but what's crazy to me is how many the fans like yeah. it's just hockey and rodeo up there. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yep. they don't care about football, they don't care about baseball. It's hockey, and then after hockey, it's rodeo. You oh know? yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, well, on that us, like so uh, during the NFR, so and you know, because I'm a I'm a big Twitter. Fan. I mean, I. I Manage all our social media, but one of my my loves is Twitter, just because man, it's just a conveyor belt of stuff. And anyways, exactly. when uh, we post out there the winners, right? Any Canadians, like right when Zeke had won, holy crap, man! If I don't, yeah. you know, the the fans jump on that thing like wildfire, and they let you know Canadians yeah. won. Here we are. I mean, it, their fandom is crazy good, man, and it's it's a good breath of fresh air, man, from rodeo where it's not just Americans. I, sure. I like it, you know. Uh, we need more of that around the world, but. Mm-hmm. It's starting. But, yeah, the Canadian fandom is pretty nuts. Uh, man, so, I, you know, this is this is great, Shane. Man, we got to have you on more often. You are uh, a great conversation. Yeah, man, I'm ready. You got some good it's info, nice too. to have a social media bigger, you know. Yeah. Or somebody that knows, understands social media. And, and uh, he gets it, man. Like Casey. Yep. When he was on there with us, you know, and stuff. This is this is good stuff. We geek out, man. And Robbie's like, oh, I don't want to be talking about this stuff right now. This is geek stuff right now. Social media, <laughs> digital media. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm learning yeah. it. I'm learning no, it. No, I know you are. You're doing great, man. <laughs> Absolutely. I, uh, we, we have the best time of this. I got I got Honestly, a question we for. We didn't know how this was gonna go, Shane. Yeah, usually we Honestly, do this in studio, and I got to look at Robbie for a whole two days, like right in front of me. He's uh, I, you know, lucky. yeah, very. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, Shane, how are you it's feeling about great. your uh, your football team, man? You know, um, so you're keeping your boy, right, Drew? Is he sticking around? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Just, just signed a two year deal. Nice. And, and Kind of went user friendly on it to, to help us and some other. Yeah. We got to have it. We got to find another receiver, man. We. Yeah, that's true, man. We need a good number two to compliment Mike Thomas and oh, he's Jared a beast. Cook really, really came along nice, you know, at the end of yep. the year as a tight end. We could find a number two receiver that can just let let people know that we will throw it to somebody besides Michael Thomas and kind of free him up. Mm-hmm. Hey man, honestly, Kamara, I hate to be like this, but he he played hurt all last year yep. day and there. He said on Twitter that he was seventy five percent, you know, most of the year. So if we can get him healthy, and we've had so many heartbreaks in the playoffs, man. I, I'm just like, even this year, like when it happened, when the quote unquote push off happened, yeah. I, I just left. I just walked out of the room because I was just I'm over it, man. I'm, I'm over these the, disappointing yeah. losses in the playoffs and. Oh, um, so yeah. luckily LSU helped me help me pull through on that. Yeah, seriously, that's, that's got to be the, the flip good. the field for you, man, because that was terrible. I, you know, whatever. I can't bring it back, but yeah, just you don't want to yeah. end it. They're just man, Saints fans. But you guys, you got hey, you guys got your Super Bowl man that year with Drew, and that was special, man. And I know you want more, but at least you got one because you probably oh, never thought sure, that was going to happen, right? Sure. Man, some fantastic. Well, stuff. yeah. Louisiana people, man, you love your sports. I love it, man. There is no, for sure. It's a passion like no other. Yes. 
Well, man, this it's was so great. Nice to talk about yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I already know that, man. You got to follow him on Twitter, Robbie. Uh, Shane's an avid fan, man. He's I'm, he's easy to follow. He ain't posting oh, outlandish man. stuff. I, it, man. <laughs> I freaking can't yeah. wait to see you, man. I can't wait to be standing on my patio when you come walking by. You know, <laughs> yeah, we're back. We've done it. We made it through. Well, hey, Shane. I've never wanted to rodeo worse than I do right now. Yep. And I know you one day at a time. Yeah. The only bad thing is, I think it's going to be a little longer than, than what we're wanting. So we're going to yeah. have to pay yeah. ourselves. Keep your head up, man. I don't, like you said, I don't, I don't see the 100 rule. I don't see the 100 rodeo rule affecting anybody this year. No, no. Well, you know, like anything, you know, man. Yeah, there's a lot of things we got we to gotta think about, you know, like, like circuit counts. Like, I mean, there ain't no way I can get to 15 circuit rodeos now with all these being canceled, you know what I mean? Well, that's a, that's a good point you brought up mm. real quick. Um, we were talking about – I was talking to Danny Reagan uh, two days ago, you know, with uh, Universal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a uh, cool guy, too, you know, and I want him to do good. And he's a little guy, you know what I mean? He's not one of the billionaires. Yeah. And he works very hard. He's worried about his five because, I mean, Tyler – I was supposed to be at Tyler in two weeks. They've canceled it. Yep. They're going to have mm-hmm. to make I, – I feel like this year – there's two things going to have to happen. The banks are going to have to be more lenient on us and the rodeo powers that be the carpet, as we call it, they're going to have to be lenient on some stuff. Cause I mean, this is unforeseen circumstances, territory, For sure. you know, I mean, with rodeo counts, um, with these stock contractors that have to have five, you know, I feel yep, like yep, you yep. have them in the book. And I think if you were entered in them, like a circuit rodeo, you know, I think you should, like they're going to have to cut that back. You got to think, Robbie. The rodeo business—they're probably planning on things right now. I mean, they're—they're they're savvy, man, and they know they got to stay ahead of things. And I believe it. You know, I mean, they got to yeah, fill I these stands. We got good leadership, and I think that's yeah. the difference. We've got rodeo people doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's exactly. why we have a board of cowboys and and stuff like that. And I pray, you know. How are we going to get eight and twenty? We have to have eight and twenty to be NFR eligible. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. For you guys, mm-hmm. you know. Your money gets you in, but we have to be NFR eligible. I, I just see it getting waived this year, and I, I, I see a forgiveness on that kind well, of stuff. Uh, you well, know? I'll yeah, give it up to your guys, man. You know, um, the commissioner at PRCA, man, you got to think that he was a part of CAT during the recession. And, I, man, if you go back to then, you're thinking, like, I don't know how anybody's company is going to navigate construction equipment when nobody's building anything. Like, okay. how, how are you going to navigate that world? And he did, you know. So, um, yeah. you know, it's he good sure that you had yeah, but you have that individual that's here now that has that inclination to understand, you know, the the, the kind of the the capacity of what this is and how to kind of navigate. There's things rules, like, and then there's real life. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's a win-win. I mean, by no means did we ever want, you know, hey, well, if we go back through some crazy recession, something, and the world comes to a halt, and how do we get it going? Well, we at least got a guy that's lived to it. Yeah. Right? You never thought you'd have to use that, but well, here we are, and um, right. Should be interesting. And, and you're right. At least he is, and, and hopefully, common sense will prevail here. You know, yeah, we'll some of these rules and stuff. And I'd hate to be in his uh, position, well, man. You know, so. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's tough, yeah. man. You yeah, know. Shane, this was great, man. We're I definitely gonna have you back on. You bet. <laughs> we got to get you back on. We got uh, Robbie in the studio, man, and we can really kind of talk it up. You bet. Let's do it. Why yeah. don't you come in and talk to us this year? During the NFR, you know, we have our little trailer out there. We're bringing Shane in there. That'll be so much fun. Yeah, I'd, <laughs> I'd love to, man. I'd love to be a part of that. 
We're all right on, Shane. Well, hey, man, let's... Uh, thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you for coming on. And, we appreciate you listening to us. Yeah, and we'll apologize oh, for not yeah. bringing you on earlier, man. We'll, we'll make sure we make do oh, for yeah, that. Yeah, man. I'm a, <laughs> for sure. I'm yeah. kind of a podcast freak. I, I listen to quite a bit of podcasts. Yeah. Driving or doing stuff. Well, um, I got some, I got some yeah. favorite ones, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, well, and you know, hey, man, I thanks to uh, Romp and Hambone and those guys. I mean, we need more of this, right? You know, we, you need more unique podcasts sure. around uh-huh. rodeo and ones that have, you know, this that 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 production value touched to it because it's not easy, man. But damn, we need it uh, spreading the yeah, rodeo message. Are, so. They just they're doing the same thing actually. We we are right now in Nevada. And yeah, Shane, they're actually doing theirs remotely like we are. Yep, really. Well, Shane, this has been a blast. Yeah, thank you for coming on, man. I will, uh, you know, I'll be reaching out to you again. I want to bring you back on. And, well, be safe, be healthy, and and good luck, man. Get back on that trail. Appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Good luck not going to that thing tonight that you're not going to. Yeah, I'm not. No, we're turning around. Good luck, man. All right, bye. Hi, I'm Speed Williams, eight-time world champion team roper, and we're listening to the NFR Extra. To celebrate the 35th anniversary of the National Finals Rodeo in Las Vegas, LVE and PRCA present the top 35 most memorable moments. Sports fans love a storybook ending, and NFR fans are no exception. Bull rider Cody Hancock has certainly enjoyed his share of Las Vegas magic. First in 2000, when he arrived in Las Vegas as the 15th ranked bull rider in the world, Hancock didn't waste any time getting to work. He won round one with a 93-point ride and claimed round two with a 90-point ride. He kept chipping away at the top-ranked bull riders in the world, and when he struck again for a win in round seven and 92 more points, he stood on the brink of history. When round 10 came to a close, Hancock became the first roughstock cowboy to climb from 15th to first at the National Finals Rodeo and win a world championship. This kid rides like a world champion. Hancock was back in 2001, and while he came up just short in his quest for back-to-back world titles, he did make rodeo history again. Hancock got the best of Diamond G Rodeo's Mr. USA in the 10th and final round and shattered the NFR record with a 96-point bull ride. Nearly two decades later, Cody Hancock's 96-point ride still stands. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. I'm the owner and chief executive officer of the D Las Vegas, and this is NFR Extra. Hello, NFR fans. Hope you are staying safe and healthy during this time. To listen to more NFR Extra episodes, visit nfrextra.com or wherever you listen to podcasts like Apple, Spotify, iHeart, or even YouTube. And if you're looking for more content, we got a library full of it. It'll keep you entertained. We have NFR highlights, thousands of action photos, many interviews, multiple bloggers, NFR history, and a lot more. Find all that at nfrexperience.com or on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter at Las Vegas NFR. Hi, I'm Sean Davis, and you're listening to NFR Extra. You know, and here we are. We got another great guest. Uh, the, the, the 360 of rodeo, man, the, the, the different angles of what people see. This individual definitely uh, covers a few of those angles. I'd say so. Yeah. Let's say a voice for radio and a face for TV, man. <laughs> it, it works out really well. 
we are joined by a really talented guy. You know, welcome to the podcast, Anthony Lucia. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on. It's a, it's a breath of fresh air to be able to talk to two other individuals that are still staying alive and keeping everything rolling and, and bringing all the good stories <laughs> called the NFRX. Oh, band, so I'm, I'm pretty excited. So, you know, hey, we're talking about a, a bunch of things, you know, when we, when we get a guest on. And typically our formats change a little bit just because of, well, the world's changed a little bit right now. So we're adhering to it. But... Uh, let's talk a little bit about, you know, your importance to, you know, obviously this thing's called NFR Extra and NFR is the main, uh, kind of topic, uh, the main, uh, the main course of this podcast. So could you touch on a little bit what the host of live with Lucia in Las Vegas, um, what, what that, that has been or what, you know, what does it consist of and what all the things you get to do with it? What's the two minute elevator pitch? Anthony? Yeah. <laughs> well, I started in, uh, 2008. I, I made my first. I was part of the NFR in 1994 when my dad, Tommy Lucia, was one of the specialty acts there. And uh, I, I was able to bring my dad's, or rather my horse, my dad's horse's grass skirt out into the arena during one of the openings. And that was my first taste of the NFR. And from that moment on, I mean, at, at nine years old, it's one of the most electric, it's one of the most amazing feelings you'll ever experience. And, and in, uh, of course, I helped my dad my whole life, and then obviously I, I began to trick rope when I was about nine or ten years old. I I wanted to uh, you know venture out and to do some different things, and and realize you know when I'm, I told my dad I wanted to be a part of the act, and he said, "Well, can you ride a dog?" And I said, uh, "No." He goes, "Well, then you better think of something different." And so I grew up obviously with with Whiplash, and and that spurred me to. My dad was a, an amazing entertainer and, and just has done so many things in our business. And one of the greatest things that he ever did for me was, well, two things. He taught me to love the Lord, and, and the other one was he gave me the ability to learn how to be the inter- entertainer. And he was a phenomenal role model, and he's just been my number one impact. He, he by far, easily, the number one impact on my life, my entire, I mean, in every aspect of my life. But so just long story short in 2008 i was kind of you know i didn't really know where my place was in rodeo i trick roped and i felt like i was a good trick roper i hadn't turned professional yet um but i i had a desire to be in las vegas during the nfr and i had trick roped at the outside at the ram booth um a couple years whenever i was younger and i trained a trick dog one year to do some little acts with me back and back in the day you know when ram and I think it was Singular or AT&T Wireless. They had their big booth set up out in front of the Thomas and Mac, and I trick up there and made the front page of the Las Vegas Review doing the Texas skip. It, I think I was 17 years old, and I still got that nice. newspaper clipping, and it's one of the neatest things. You know, there's all these world champions and great NFR athletes are there, and then all of a sudden this little chubby kid from <laughs> Texas is on the front page of the newspaper during the NFR, and it kind of – kind of lit a fire underneath me that I, I that was Las Vegas is the place I wanted to be because if you were one of the best in the land that's where everybody desires to be so it you know how like where did this all this this truck rope and this trick rope and stuff though I mean like you there's a lot of talents we're going to dive into what you do Anthony but something it sounds like you know this this kind of got that everyone gets their foot in the door and it sounds like the trick rope inside got your uh your boot boot in the door basically is that right yeah, it, it did. It kind of gave me my own path. Um, my dad, Tommy Lucia, had Whiplash the Cowboy Monkey and created that whole 
that whole persona and that whole character and, and everything like that. And then he had to my dad was an amazing animal trainer and, and trick roping was kind of my way into where people knew my name instead of just monkey boy or, Hey, you're the, you're the guy with, you're the guy, you're Tommy Lucia's son, which I, I still take great honor in that. But when you're a young man, you don't Absolutely. fully see the, you don't fully see how awesome that is. And so you want to make your own path. And when I was younger, I asked my dad, I said, you know, I want to be a part of the act in a, in a bigger way. And he goes, well, you know how to ride a dog? And I said, I don't think I can do that. And he goes, well, then you better figure out something different. And so I started trick roping and I, and I, and I didn't just start trick roping. I've, when I was young, I watched the greats Julio Marino and Jerry Diaz and Max Reynolds and J.W. Stoker and Vince Bruce and all these great entertainers and performers and, and uh, cowboys like Julio was and, and I was just always enamored by ropes. And so I got my very first trick rope when I was nine years old from a guy in California named uh, David Thornberry. And we used to, when we would work Cotton Rosters Run, we would stay at their house in Agora Hills and Dave trick roped. And I just got the bug and I just, I never, I just always had a rope in my hand and I wanted the rope and then combined that with the amazing entertainer that my dad was. And one of the greatest gifts that he ever gave me was, was, the ability to entertain and to understand that put your to put yourself in the viewer's perspective. It, it ain't about you; it's about them. And I just combined that, and I worked my tail off to get good at trick roping and watched the best and was self-taught with pointers here and there from guys like J.W. Stoker and and Tomas Garcialazo and oh, yeah. you know the the great trick ropers and performers and. So trick roping was my it was my way to get into rodeo more so than I than I was with you know carrying carrying around plastic panels for my dad and whiplash and driving the four wheeler and the little trailer and I got to go to the national finals rodeo in 1994 which is the same year that I actually started trick roping I still have my credential of baby <laughs> Anthony and uh, I, it was oh, wow. it was one of the most surreal experiences that I've ever experienced being able to walk inside the Thomas and Mac of the end of and feeling the electricity and just the entire atmosphere and everybody, you know, with goals to be at the very top of their game. And I mean, you guys know as well as I do that if, if, uh, if, uh, you know, you want to, if you want to be in rodeo and you want to be on the biggest stage, well, the national finals is that stage. And yep. so I worked my tail off for my dad and we did private events and I would announce the private events and trick rope. And we did 45 shows a year for rodeo Austin for five years in a row and just wow. got better and better and better. And just my dad's motto was hard work always works and yep. there's no substitute for it. No matter how much talent you have, no matter how good you think you are, you aren't. And to never settle for mediocrity and to just, work as hard as you possibly could to be the best. And I'll never say that I was the best trick roper, but I thanks sure gave him my all. And I got to trick rope the NFR 2010 through 2013. Sean Davis was, was an awesome, awesome guy. Let me come in my second year as a professional and do one of the openings. And then they continued to use me for two or three openings for the next four years, three years, I guess, so four years total. But, and then, wow. you know, I always had a knack for talking. I don't know if you guys could tell that by the fact that you guys haven't spoken a lot. Yeah, but you know what? Hey, Anthony, I want to interrupt but, you real quick. Okay, I'm glad we don't have to. No, 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 but he's getting ready. He's got layers of talent. So, like, there's this, this, this conversation can go a long ways. 
let's go back to this trick robin thing. And this is kind of, I, I like this crossover of what you did. Talk about your experience with this whole, you know, with America's Got Talent. And the reason why I bring that up is I like anytime rodeo can cross over to the other side to kind of like, let's just call it the, yeah. uh, uh, the non-rodeo side of the, of the universe, right? Um, but the crossover, yeah. whenever you can expose things, how was that whole experience and how was it bringing rodeo to, you know, I mean, a lot of people watch America's Got Talent. That's, that's a big uh, broadcast yeah, there. So how was that? It was it was such a, a neat experience and one that I will never, ever regret being a part of, even though that I learned that America's Got Talent, though it may be called a talent competition, is more of a reality show based upon people's talents, but more so based upon people's stories. And in 2010, when I tripped up to the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo, I got a call from one of the I got a call from one of the talent producers, and I went and uh, during the rodeo. I went and uh, auditioned. Well, I thought that was my, you know, my real audition, but what I didn't realize is that that was just your preliminary audition. So I went and auditioned, and of course then after you do your deal in front of the producers, which you literally, you're doing it in a room. There's no stage. You're doing it in this big conference room, and there's about 15 producers there with, you know, their hipster pants on and and, uh, (laughs) their jazz. Oh, wow. And uh, they're just staring at you blankly because they've been watching auditions for the last seven hours. Anyways, it was quite a different feel, but my dad, you know, always taught me, he said, whether it's in front of 10 people or 10,000, you get the same performance. I did my little ditty, and and, uh, they said, okay, thank you so much for coming in. We'll call you. Well, then they called me, and then it was was quite an ordeal because then I went to – I auditioned in Dallas again, like that was my quote unquote real audition. And then Burt Davis, one of Pro Rodeo's great entertainers, was also on that same season. They auditioned in Dallas as well. And then of course after you audition and they pass you through to the, the next round, the Vegas round, then that's when they sit you in the room and they do hours upon hours of interviews and everything like that and they're they're always you know, my dad was, they're always trying to get stories, right? So they want to get oh, the drama. They want to get the, you know, how does your family feel about you, a key person? Oh. And so I was like, and life's been pretty good. Other than having to clean up some monkey poop twice a day. And when the dogs throw up in their kennels, I got to wash that out. And that's kind of gross. Uh, <laughs> my dad's pretty hard on me sometimes, but I think I'm better because of it. <laughs> Yeah. And they never really found the story that they were looking for and that they would try to like delve in. Well, okay, tell us about your relationship with your dad. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, pretty normal for a teenage kid with, you know, 20 year old young boy with their dad who's, you know, I was, he was 40 when he had me. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, he was quite a bit older than me. And of course, I was the smartest individual that's ever lived. Um, <laughs> of course, well, that's what I thought. And it's that my dad always told me, he said, the older you get, the dumber you, you'll realize that you are. And he wasn't saying that in a bad way. He was saying that in, uh, in like a learning way. Like when you're young, you think you've got, you got everything figured out. And I realized, and I've continued to realize that as I get older, I'm not very smart. And I got a lot to learn, but either way, it was an awesome experience. My dad wasn't real on board with me doing America's Got Talent because they had tried to get, they had tried to get him on, um, to do all these mm-hmm. different David Letterman's and Jay Leno's and Ellen yeah. Jenner's show with Whiplash the Cowboy Monkey. He was always very cautious because he understood how kind of a Hollywood 
TV shows, they worked, and, and that was to make the host yeah. look great and the guests look however. And especially being cowboys, a lot of people have the misconception that we're just a bunch of dumb hillbillies and, right. you know, rednecks on horses. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I did the auditions. I made it through and and uh, went to Vegas, and it was pretty neat. And it's a bond that Bird and, and Franny uh, Davis that I will, we will always have because we were – we were two. We were a group. We were three of us. There, we were two cowboys and a cowgirl in a group of a lot of different kinds of people, and no, everybody was nice and and it was really good. But there was sure enough a lot of different kinds of people, and it was it was pretty neat to be able to represent us being cowboys. And we did what we do, and we did what you know took us to some of the biggest stages in the rodeo world. And but we didn't have the stories to go along with it, so we got next to the Vegas round. And uh, to this day, though, it still was such a neat experience. And that was my first real experience, you know, being being on TV and being part of big productions and seeing all that. And it really piqued my interest, and it kind of uh, opened up another another part of me that I didn't even know that I liked or wanted to be in, and that's television. You know, it's funny, Anthony, is that when you talk about this, this, so we had Kenny Pettit on, uh, man, I want to say midway through the, we, so we did daily, uh, with the, the podcast broadcasting and we had, uh, Kenny on and, you know, first of all, I gotta tell you, that's probably one of our more popular episodes that we had. Um, you know, and he can, he was talking, well, obviously there's a connection there, uh, with whiplash and whatnot. Um, yeah, you know, the interesting thing about your guys is like kind of your craft within the rodeo business. You guys are like connected to everybody, right? Like you, you obviously know Robbie. I mean, there's so many other people that you guys get to know. And as I'm learning the rodeo business, certain yeah, individuals that man, you guys get to be right in the middle of everything. And it's, you know, just, I, you know, I read a lot about you last night, like your bio and your family. And, you know, I'm actually uh, good friends with Tommy Joe. I've uh, worked with him a lot. And, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, you know, so she's interesting. Your, your rodeo pedigree, man, is pretty deep and it comes through the entertainment side, but how did you, yeah. how did you, yeah. when did you start rodeoing as far as like, I mean, did you start rodeoing as well as a young guy or I mean, did you start picking up because you're around the business? I mean, cause you team roped, right? I mean, there's some things that you do as yeah. well. Yeah. How'd you get into team roping? I mean, was that already something you were doing as well, young or? I figured, no, I didn't actually. I trick roped. Obviously, I started when I think when I was nine years old, and, and I started, and I just always loved roping, and I entered my first dummy roping competition that was in conjunction with the Clovis New Mexico Rodeo, and I and I won second place. And uh, and it was a, a – I'd never competed before. I mean, I was homeschooled my whole life, and we didn't do sports because we were always on the road, and that was my one – outlet to compete was these little dummy ropings that they would have sometimes at these rodeos. And <laughs> when I won second, then I didn't even know any kind of the basics of roping. I just, I knew that I could handle a rope a little bit. And mm-hmm. so I did that dummy roping and it just, again, it, it's one of those things. It's like, I love having a rope in my hand and I want to do whatever I can with it. Well, when I was about 20 years old, I'd been trick roping for 11 years and I could make a rope do pretty much anything that I wanted to do, make it to do. And if I couldn't, I would work until I could figure out how to do it. And and I had started a bunch of young horses. Like I said, my dad is a great animal trainer, and, and I didn't necessarily want to trick train animals, but I wanted to train young horses and stuff like that. And so if we would have, you know, a couple months home, I would 
go to the sale barn and buy a couple young long yearling two three year old horses and and uh i would start them and then i would trade them and i would sell them and then i would have a little extra money and then i would buy some more and then and that's just kind of a rhythm that i had a routine rather and uh so when i was 20 though i'm like man okay i know i can ride i know i can row i know i can release trick rope <laughs> so i really want to start team roping and jake barnes and clay o'brien cooper and because I could trick rope, so I would, whenever we'd go to these rodeos, that was kind of my, if I get all my chores done with my dad, I'd say, Dad, can I go hang out with the team ropers? And and he would let me, and I'd go and, and play games of pig with Kyle Lockett and and uh, Jake Barnes and BJ Campbell oh, wow. and different guys like that. And, yeah. and, these, and, and I didn't know really how to rope the horns, but I could trick rope the heck out of these guys. Yeah. <laughs> and then I could, I'd say, I'd call any legal. And like if we were roping the dummy, and so I do all these tricks, and then I would somehow get it around the deck of the the dummy. Well, then they started helping me learn to rope how, how to rope the horns, and and all this happened throughout my childhood, and and I've I probably had one of the neatest childhoods of of any kid, and and I'm so blessed because of it. Yeah. But oh, man. when I was yeah, twenty, living with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and I knew if I had a rope in my hand, I didn't have to deal with the monkey, and so that was a good thing. Yeah. And uh, I, when I was 20, I wanted to learn how to team rope, and I told my dad, I said, I'd like to learn how to team rope. And he said, okay, well, let me uh, let me call this guy that I know from around here that lives close to us. And I'm like, well, who is he? He said, I got him to Al Bach. And I'm like, okay, I've heard of him. He lives close by us? Yeah, he lives about 15 miles from us. Okay. So we got out the, the phone book, and for all the kids that listen, the phone book, is this big, thick book that had yellow and white pages in it with phone numbers and addresses of everyone. It's mind-boggling. It's way before Google and, and any kind of Internet. And it was called a phone book. Look it up. It might, your library might have one in historical, uh, you know, objects. I, it was created about the same time as the Bible, I believe, right? Uh, it came out about the same time the Bible did, right, Anthony? That's when I figured out I was famous. I was <laughs> <laughs> Did you have your ad in there? The <laughs> yeah, hire me cheap. Hey, I don't have it, but right now with all this mess going on, I'm putting it back in there tomorrow. <laughs> there, there, you go. there you go. There you go. But that's Sorry, Alan yeah. Bach, and Alan yeah. hooked us up with a guy named Justin Parrish, and we went to Justin's house, and he had a, a horse that had been a ranch horse, and they just barely started heading on him, and so his name was Peanut. I bought it with money that I had made from from buying and selling Colts. And that's one thing my dad uh, believed in was nothing is ever given. Everything is earned. And and my dad, other than knowledge and wisdom and and quite a few butt whoopings, he didn't give me anything financially, but he gave me a lot of wisdom to be able to make my own money and and figure out how to do things. And, And for that, I'm forever grateful. But... So I bought Peanut, and then that turned into me getting the rope with Patrick Smith, and then I started going over to Al's, and I realized that I had a little bit of talent, and and, uh, yeah, then I started competing professionally and had a little bit of success, tried to balance that with trick roping and everything else, and yeah, it's it's just been a... And then all that led into the the next the latter part of my story, which I'm sure we'll get into. Yeah, I mean, I here's what I think. You know, just looking at and, and understanding, like like I said, I know Tommy Joe, and I, I get your guys's kind of connection. And and you know, reading your dad's bio, man, I mean, my God, he was he was embedded in rodeo, like Especially because you, yeah, you know, I mean, when you're in the middle of all that stuff, I mean, look at the names you rattled off with. 
So when you decide, right, that, oh, you know what, I want to start team roping, look who you get yeah. access to. <laughs> you oh, know what I mean? It's phenomenal. Yeah, super blessed, man. That's awesome. I mean, as I look at the rest of your career, one of the things I want to jump into, because let's, let's, let's switch into your, uh, your, I know you started talking about it, but like your hosting, your, your um, being in front of the camera, right? But also announcing. Yeah, yeah. You know, you do one that, um, and I'm sure, Robbie, you can touch on this. And it looks like I, and you know, the information I get, I'm always trying to, hopefully it's current, but, um, you know, Roger Mooney talked about this one, but the world's toughest rodeo, uh, tour. What could you yeah. talk a little bit? I mean, obviously you, you, this is what you do a lot about that, but you touch on that event. Like I, that, that's a pretty interesting event as I've learned, uh, from Mooney and kind of what the, what, what it means to rodeo. And so I trick roped and then my dad had always told me, he said, you know, trick roping is great right now. He said, but specialty acts, unfortunately, are dying. And, you know, that kind of specified act where people um, hire you just to come entertain, like rodeos, they're growing in faster pace. And for whatever reason, specialty acts are, are fading away. And so he said that, you know, not every rodeo needs a specialty act. So I had hosted, I'd announced some different private events for my dad and done some back when it was Tommy Joe, it was the area pro rodeo tour zone mm-hmm. and the, the area playoffs way back in the day in 2007, 2008, Tommy Joe actually hired me because he knew I had a bit of a gift for Gab and he hired me to host these little fan zones. And so I would host these fan zones at Puyallup, Caldwell, Omaha, and Dallas. I did it for two years and it really taught me how to speak to people and just basically talk about all these sponsors that were in the fan zones without it sounding like a commercial, but more in conversation. And that's something that great announcers have the ability to do is right. convey that I can convey my love for Justin boots, not by telling you that they're standard of the West and they're made in America and all this. I can tell you that I love Justin boots and since jeans because I wear them every day and they are a part of my lifestyle. They, they're my, that's my uniform. It makes it who I am. Anyways, not going to get off on that tangent, but <laughs> with announcing, oh, that's, that's I asked my dad, I said, okay, that's do you... That's a talent, man. That's, that's a talent. <laughs> well, <laughs> I asked my dad, I said, do you think I'd be a good announcer? He said, Anthony, I've been friends with Bob Tallman for 40 years. He said, you talk a lot. None of it makes any sense. So, yes, I think you would be a great rodeo announcer. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't ask you if you were going to ride a dog while you were announcing no, <laughs> there, when I was about 13 and I, and I, my baby fat never left. And, uh, and, and anyway, so I started announcing some, some amateur rodeos and, and then I, I got my professional endorsement in 2011 and, and in 2012, probably before I was even ready, Tommy Joe, once again, besides my dad, Tommy Joe has just been, a such an, an instrumental force in my life, a force of keeping me straight, a force of, of wisdom and, and just teaching me so much about our business and, and how to appeal to people. And, and to once again, the same, it, it just a derivative of my dad and not take yourself out of the equation because it's about our fans, plain and simple. It's about the fans. It's about the fans and the athletes that are in the arena we are there to make them better and make the entire production of the show better. And Tommy Joe hired me in 2012 and Raleigh, North Carolina was my very first one. And it was the world's toughest rodeo and it's bulls. It's bull riding, bareback riding, saddle bunk riding, mutton busting. I believe we had bullfighting then. And of course the ladies of the barrel race. 
and they were phenomenal events. And there's there's such a anytime you work with Tommy Joe in Nevada and Robbie both, you can attest to this. There's such a high level of production. Yep. So it's it's not going to a you know a, a West Texas rodeo out in the middle of a pasture, you know, yep. with a few fans that are there just to socialize and not. This is a high paced. High cor- highly choreographed pyrotechnics in the opening concert. Yeah, it's a concert. Well, there's, yeah, it's a concert with no singer. The, the artists are the the animal athletes and the cowboys and cowgirls, and and so it it was such a an eye opening experience, and and that got me in my start. It gave me a taste of the big leagues, and from there I was able to get some other really great rodeos, and and uh, but the world's toughest rodeos, and Roger, you know, growing up going to those events once again the connection you know roger golly that guy was a god to me with obviously with a lowercase g but he was a (laughs) god to me the way the way he could do things and the way he dealt with audiences and his theatrical you know style and and everything and whenever i first started announcing my goodness Uh i was a i was a i was a, a mix between at least i thought i was or tried to be tallman boyd Roger, Randy, Hadley, and Justin McKee. And, <laughs> and I, I didn't know who Anthony was. And, you know, but all, all of those guys that I just mentioned were so influential in my announcing. Not necessarily what they told me, but the way that they, again, their styles and and who they were as announcers. And all of that is, has transformed. And Lisa Harris, you know, rest his soul, one of the greatest advice he ever gave me was my very first pro rodeo, which was in 2013, um, uh-huh. with with Liesl. And after the event, he called me to his van, and, and he said, Anthony, you did a good job tonight. But I heard some Roger, heard some Boyd, heard some Randy, heard some Tallman. And every once in a while, I heard Anthony, and that's the one that I really liked. And from that day on, I I worked and tried to uh, to refine my own and find my own style. And thankfully, now I feel like I've settled in and, and i found it and, and uh, and it's it's just led me to so many and so many different neat things, and then the television stuff and live with Lucia, my talk show there in Las Vegas, and it's just it's so neat what God has done in my life. And I when I talk about it, it really yeah, man, almost befuddling when I when I'm able to tell my my and shoot, I've not even told my whole story, but time permitting, being able to share that with you guys is is pretty neat because it really brings everything to perspective of. How? It, it does absolutely, and and I've watched awesome. you. I've I've seen you from when you were eleven years old, twelve years old. Yeah, we used to do the cowboy tour deals, and uh-huh. to watch you grow up into this, and then to get to work with you, and now at the level we're at now, you know, doing the velocities and the the ride yeah. path stuff and everything. Um, it's a great success story. You know, you know what I really love to hear though about this whole conversation right now is the love of, of your dad and the respect of such a showman. He was hard on you. I'm not, everybody knows that. I mean, yeah. and I'm not, not knocking that good. Gosh, we right. need that more in the world right now. It helps. Yeah. You still contribute that toughness and you still contribute that the way you are is due to him. And then once he was older and, and maybe not as, is strong on you. Here comes Tommy Joe. You know, yep. Tommy Joe. Oh yeah. Tommy Joe's an old hard ass too. I've oh hell yeah, he is. is. <laughs> I worked with him for five years. Yeah. Hell yes, he is. In a good yeah, way. And, yeah. But you know what? Both of those guys, to me, and I'm 
this isn't my interview, but I got to tell you because you're one of my best friends. My both of those guys demanded nothing but everything you had. That's yep. what they wanted. They didn't want anything special. You know, that's what they demanded of you. And when you go to work with Tommy Joe, you want to be a pro. When you work yeah. around your dad. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they wouldn't settle. That was my that was. You my didn't expect thing anything that... less. I mean, and, and, yeah. and if you did, you had to deal with it. And, I mean, and you know where that comes from, Robbie, and that's a great – I'm thankful that you brought that up. Where that comes from, it goes back to it's about the audience. Dad yeah. wanted to give 1,000% every time he stepped in that arena for the audience and the committee that believed in him that was paying their hard-earned, whether they raised it or whether it was given by a sponsor. Either way, it didn't matter to Dad. The least we can do as entertainers and as performers is give everything we have every time we step into that arena because every one of those audience members deserves it. Yep. And, and we owe it to not only them but to ourselves to not half-ass anything and never, ever, ever settle for mediocrity and to continue to push the limits and never, never get into a place of complacency or anything like Where that. We're and yeah, and never, never stop trying to get better. Yeah, you've got something that works. Okay, there's always something better. And that's, that's been my, my entire life because of my dad and my brother. I want to add some of that, and Anthony. Right now, yeah, hey, hey, hold on, Robbie. I, I'm going to add this because I, you know, I worked with Tommy Joe, ooh, man, from 99 to 2004, yeah. I want to say, with PBR. And, um, okay. you know, mm-hmm. we, so we helped produce his in-house show at the time. This is before PBR went TV and, and went, you know, uh, public. And so everything, you know, Tommy Joe, everything he did back then, and this is what I loved about events back then before they, you know, become all, and I'm not knocking PBR, I love PBR, but I just, back then, you know what I'm talking about, Anthony, it was very private, very, you know, uh, Tommy Joe and whoever was running the show, you know, called a lot of shots. And anyway, our preparation for him, we'd always be preparing about a good six, seven months out from Las Vegas and what we were going to do for the finals. And yeah, you know, to, to Robbie's point, I never wanted to let Tommy down, you know, and, and I could tell, I mean, as you're talking Worked with Tommy forever. I can see, man, and, and, and I'm big on parenting, right? I love the whole family aspect, and whether Pops was hard on you or not, man, I mean, if he's consistently in your life and trying to provide direction and guidance, I know that. You know, I, I do the same thing, but when, when I work with Tommy, I could feel that, you know, and, and he always constantly was working on the finals in a way that, you know, maybe people wouldn't, wouldn't agree with, but it's because of the vision and driving and, and being consistent with it. I mean, that that – I mean, dude, yep. at the end of the day, man, I mean, right. I know Tommy. Now me, you. That, yeah, no, you know? no. Yeah, I mean, you appreciate it. Yeah, not at well, all. Well, in the moment, sometimes it can seem like a lot. There was oh, times yeah. where he would come up to me, you know, when I first started announcing the World's Toughest Events, he would come up to me at a section break and just rip me a new one. But I'm going to tell you what it, what the reason it was. And it was, it wasn't. It wasn't necessarily because he was just being a, a jerk. It was because, hey, man, step up. I know you got it in you. And that was, I still to this day think Tommy Joe and, and even guys like Sean Davis, you know, they were guys that they could do it without necessarily, they could do it without necessarily hurting your feelings because you were like, you know what? You're right. I can't. It was because their yeah. belief in you. Yeah. It wasn't to get mad at you, it wasn't to make you feel like crap. It was because their belief in you. Hey, I hired you because I think you're one of the best. Now live up to that. Yeah. And it, yeah, and that is. There's there's a certain group of guys that can really pull that out of people, and uh-huh. and still be in those managerial positions, 
where they understand that, okay, people are going to make mistakes, but pick yourself up and keep moving forward and be better yeah. because of it. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like, tell me, I mean, uh, Anthony, when we're, when we're sitting here, there's one person comes to mind with that, and we're so fortunate to get to work with him a lot. It's Richard Jones to me when we're doing absolutely. those. You know, and, and what an honor. And you want to do good for Richard. And, yep. and, and I got to say this, uh, Nevada, working with, you know, with Anthony and all the double-ups, which I've been there 10 times already this year with him, it is so nice to have a group of people that want to help you succeed, and mm-hmm. it makes you want to do. We have the best group of people over there at that Velocity Tour. Everybody, our goal, just like and, – and your dad would be so damn proud of that and the way that that is run, and the way because he demanded perfection, or he didn't demand perfection, he demanded the best you could do, and he would give you everything you need to do it. And I see that, and I think that's why you're so comfortable over there and your success with what's going on over there with us, you know, and and when we work together. And I I think it's tripled your ability even being over there and, and what you do and your off-the-cuff stuff and, and how hard you work because you 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 were out of a showman. And your dad well, was such a showman, you know. And what an honor to know that guy. It's, Richard Jones has done a phenomenal job at the PBR, but there's so many people in our business, our rodeo industry, that whether it's the Justin Rumfords, the John Harrisons, the Joe Franzens, the other rodeo announcers, there's so many people that want the production to be at a high level and they call people to, to be at their best. And we are so fortunate in our industry that we have such good people. And I, and people may think I'm biased. You know what? Sure. I'll be biased because I absolutely love this family. That is rodeo. This family, that is this family, whether it's PBR, whether it's PRCA, whether it's WCRA, Mm -hmm. we are so fortunate to be involved in all these different kinds of events because when it comes down to it through and through, why are we all doing this? Because we love being a cowboy or we love this lifestyle. We love being around animals. We love horses and we love, and what we do is so important to our entire society, keeping America's original sport of rodeo alive and promoting it and propelling it into the future. And that, to me, is an honor that I do not take lightly. I, I don't either. And I've always said this, and 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 I, it means more now even being in that situation where I'm doing the double-ups and I get in there with y'all one week and then we'll be the next. You look at Southwest Airlines or Delta or anywhere, okay? You have two pilots that may or may not know each other. They may or may not like each other. But they can get in that airplane and they can fly that airplane with one goal in mind, and that is protect the people who are behind them. Mm-hmm. Just like our jobs are to, to entertain those people that are around us. And, and that's what, I mean, working around you and working around stuff like that. And, and I think, and right back to your dad, at the end of the day, as hateful or mean or you know what he was, that he was all hateful, but we loved that guy. But he wasn't mean. He was. He demanded your respect, and I admired that so much of him. And I aggravated him. I'd tell him he had to move his bus three feet just to hear him raise hell. But you know what? He'd laugh about it. But when you went in that arena, it was this magic, and it was. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I just 
I mean, he had, he had a monkey riding a flipping dog. How <laughs> is that not cool? Well, he had not one but two swayback horses. How the yeah. hell do you get two of them? You yeah. know? <laughs> Where did well, he get two some... swayback horses? <laughs> well, when he had this first swayback horse, some people from Arizona seen him perform uh-huh. at Prescott, and they, and they called him while he still had his other black horse, and they said, hey, we just had a colt out of one of our good studs. A little black colt was born mm-hmm. literally a week ago. Well, it would have been that spring, and he's right. got his way back, and we've got no use for him. We obviously know that you, uh, you are a lover of things that the world judges too quickly mm-hmm. and can bring out amazing things in that animal, so would you be interested in this horse? So that actually, it, that was a that that was a god deal completely. So it was pretty neat. But he was my That's dad was from the school of from the school of respect is earned. It's not it's not just given. Absolutely. And when respect is earned, and and you know the the guys like Neil Gay and I'm sure Kenny talked a lot about Neil Gay, but oh, yeah. those Absolutely. legends, guys like you know the Benny Butlers, the Harry Voles, the Hadley Barretts, that school of of people, the Wick Pets, the Rob Smetzes, you know. Those guys that it, it wasn't, it was such a different time when they were coming up and, and without social media and all this yeah. fluff that has entered into our society. And it was action speaks louder than words, plain and simple. Yeah. It, Honor. That, that was it. Honor. Hey, Anthony, you know, it's funny you bring up Kenny and, and Mr. Gay. They, man, on the episode we have, you know, there's an episode, there's a, a bit, right, Robbie, that he talks about where. <laughs> I don't know what it, he did something wrong or messed up and something and and Mr. Gay was waiting for him you know the, the, it was like the next day and he was sitting on the porch with a lemonade and he was like have a seat like and just the whole story you can feel it right yeah, I'm like yeah. oh he thought Neil was fixing the mountain yeah uh-huh. <laughs> but man the way Kenny talked about it and, and I tell you I think about this too you know talk about your dad and talk about Mr. Gay these guys come from a, a different time, man. They come from, you know, coming out of World War II when things oh, yeah. were different, you know, and you needed to be disciplined to, to, to hold the line. Yeah. And, and, you know, we didn't, none of us, none of the, the, this guy's talking right now, none of us came up in that world, you know, and we've seen it and we've had a little bit of it. Sugar yeah. Back yeah. Didn't no, man, it was a way different universe than the one we live in today. Well, so even dad was raised on the streets of, of Minneapolis. I mean, and he, he had a paper run, and he the first animal he ever trained was two German Shepherds to protect his mom so that she didn't get mugged on her way to and from work. And, I mean, we can talk about my dad for hours, but, you know, there's, there's certain people in our business that continue to maintain that level of precedence. And, and one of my goals is to, to my yes means yes and my no means no. And if there's an issue, we can talk about it. That doesn't mean I don't, I don't like you. Hell, Robbie and I have had conversations a couple oh three years ago. We were going to a rodeo, and we had a full-on heart-to-heart. And, and I yeah. was honest with him, and he was honest with me. And, my goodness, we were better friends because of it. Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't comfortable was at all times. Yeah. But we were better because of it. And, and if more people would do that, I say, I truly believe that our, our world would be a, a better place and I think we've got to be as close to friends because of a stupid disagreement, yeah. and a, you know, and, and now look, well, uh, I mean, yeah. now we get to work every week, and you, I smile every time I'm getting on an airplane. 
I love getting on an airplane to come to you guys, you know, with you yeah. there and, you know, and Colby and Luke and, you know, and, and Richard and Nard. Golly. And, and <laughs> Anytime I get to go. Rodeo. Yeah, I get to go to Del Rio and announce Del Rio here in another month, hopefully. That is one of the neatest events to announce that pro or extreme bowls of the PRCA. And I'm so excited to go to it just because I get to work with Raptor G and Sosby will be there and, and oh, Casey yeah. Harp with the screens and they'll be running it. And Fred Betcher will come down. And I, again, I, I can't stress enough that how thankful I am. And, yeah. and I'll tell you what, this, with, with this whole deal going on in our country and the coronavirus and the quarantining and everything like that, them will never. And, and, if I if I ever do around you Nevada or Robbie, if I ever complain about anything else, at an event, no. I'm at an event, if I'm at an event doing what I love, whether it be announcing or whether it be covering television or competing, I, I give you yeah. full permission to kick me square in the place that's going to hurt me the most. <laughs> because I've been me craving, too. and and I'm only a week removed from going to one event, yep. and I'm I cannot express how. I literally text my entire TV team. We were supposed to be in an event in Dayton, Ohio. I text my entire TV team yeah. on Saturday about 3 o'clock when we'd normally be having our pre-production meeting. And I yeah. said, I just want you guys to know I miss you. <laughs> I know. I'm the same way I called them. Yeah, so what are you doing right now with your, your time? And what what are you, you know, because we've had a little bit of time to think about it, So what are you kind of planning? What are you doing right now? Or what are you going to so, do? Again, Again, I don't. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to get complacent, and and I'm getting to play golf a little bit, which is fun. Being home, and you know, my mm-hmm. my buddies who have normal jobs who play golf every day, kind of fun getting to hang out with them a little bit. Obviously, in in groups under yeah. ten. Uh, but uh, yeah. I'll be honest, and this is gonna sound dumb, and there's probably gonna be people make fun of me for this. I'm rewatching all the television broadcasts that I've done this year. Nice. And I'm critiquing myself and making notes so that when I come back, I'm better than I was. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I announced the PRCA First Frontier Circuit Finals, and I'm watching the videos from the openings that we did, nice. critiquing what I could have been, how I could have been tighter here, where I could have gotten a little more umph here, um, because I don't want to, one, I have full belief that our industry, the entertainment industry, the sporting industry is going to come back bigger, better, and better than ever. And and I believe that I'm not until they until there's a, a coffin you know a, a roof over my head and I'm I'm buried in the ground I'm gonna always believe that 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 we as cowboys and especially in our Western industry we will thrive and we will because we don't we don't give up easily and we won't we will not go softly into the night yeah and yeah. and so that's what that's what I've been doing and and uh, I get to spend more time with my wife I got I got married last May and. And that's that's been fun and also trying because she's not used to me being home this much. She normally <laughs> yeah. has she normally has three or four days a week to clean up the messes that I make, and then I come yeah. back and the house is spotless. I hear but you. Uh, it's okay. going on day twelve, day twelve with no travel, and I'm still kicking, and she still loves me, so we're good. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, you know what? Krista up in I'm picking Krista up at tw- at eight thirty in the morning, and she's going to be with me for about a week and a half. I may need to come live with you. (laughs) You know, and that's what people take for granted is actually living with the ones they love because 
they married us because we're fun for the weekend, like a Corvette in Vegas. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, hey, uh, Anthony, Yo. we, you know, we've, we've ran our course, man. I, you know, we got to run, but I got to tell you, man, we got to bring you back on the show. Uh, this is fun, man. I, anytime we get yeah. someone on here that what loves to talk, man, this is this is what we need when we get on the yeah, podcast. Trust I'd love to come back and talk about live with Lucia that's at the Rio. And, yeah. And that's my talk show during the national finals and then the different stuff that I get to do at the, the hooey parties at the Brooklyn yep. Bowl and, and all that jazz. And the NFR is the busiest, funnest time of the year for me. And, yeah. and, and it's because of everything that NFRC does and LVE. And, and, and it's just an awesome, the best, it's the best. 14 days of the year. And, uh, and so, yeah, I'd love to come back and talk about NFR stuff. And, yeah. Um, I, I, I enjoy you guys. So. Well, and the way that'll work too here, uh, real quick, Anthony, I just want to go to a rodeo. I want to go to a it, rodeo or a PBR where you're at and just, we're going to look at each other and go, yeah. We're here. Hey Anthony though, here's uh one of the things to think about. So yeah, one of the things that we do do, uh, with the podcast last year, and we're obviously going to definitely focus on it this year is we bring a lot of the guests on that are preparing for the NFR. So around fall, you know, September, October-ish, cool. even November, yeah, we bring you all back on, and you can lay down, man, I got this going on. I'm going to be over here. We want you that's to, yeah, I'm going to be all over Vegas. You know, we want everyone to know that. So, yeah, plan on coming back, man. Yeah, that'd be great. Cool. Well, all I appreciate right, it, and y'all keep doing what you're doing, and I appreciate anybody who's doing a, a Western-based podcast is is doing something good in my opinion so nice. y'all keep doing what you're doing and well, that i hope i get to meet you someday in person and i appreciate brylan yeah third member very important member of your team absolutely she, she is the unsung hero yep she's the unsung hero of uh nfr extra Roberto, she... keep your crap together <laughs> you got it you cool son of a gun i'll see you soon all right all right anthony man all right, thank you. Be, be safe and healthy it's a little kid rodeo call me all right man <laughs> okay bye, bye y'all Thanks for listening to the NFR Extra Podcast. Join us on the next episode when we got Caleb Schmidt and Brett Beach. And make sure to give us a rating and review on wherever you listen to NFR Extra. For more information regarding the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo, visit NFRExperience.com and follow Las Vegas NFR on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. NFR Extra. All dirt. All rodeo. All year. Gotta make it out to Vegas. We're the big boys wrong. With the Rovers and the Racers and the Bulls and the Browns. And the ladies in the skin tight wranglers and the cats.